The stories in this book have been told and retold, cherished and revered by literally billions of people over thousands of years. People have devoted their entire lives to studying this book. There are hundreds of thousands of commentaries on it. And many people believe that this book had to have been written by God. The Torah, what's so special about it? Why is it so mesmerizing? And how has it managed to capture the human imagination for millennia? I'm David Kasher, a rabbi at Ikar in Los Angeles, and together we're going to study the weekly Torah portion of the Parsha and figure out why the Torah really is the best book ever. This has got to be the weirdest Parsha of them all. I mean, it has a talking donkey in it. Need I say more? Now, if you know anything about me, you know I'm obviously dying to discuss the talking donkey. But before we get there, we've got to take a step way, way back. Because the talking donkey isn't actually the weirdest thing about this Parsha. The weirdest thing about it is that it's in the Torah at all. Parshat Balak is a totally unprecedented and very abrupt deviation from the narrative of the Israelites. Nearly the whole Parsha is devoted to the story of King Balak, who wants to curse Israel and tries to hire the prophet Bilam to do it for him. Okay, so there's a loose connection to the story we've been reading about all along in that Balak seems to have been following it and is now freaked out by these approaching people who have God on their side. But mostly, this Parsha is just about the back and forth between Balak and Bilam. And actually, mostly, it's just about Bilam. So, who is this guy? Where does he come from? All that we hear is that he's the son of Beor in Pethor, by the river in the land of his people. Actually, the Torah doesn't even call Bilam a prophet, per se. But Balak, at least, does say, Kiadati, I know that whoever you bless is blessed, and whoever you curse is are. Well, that kind of sounds like a prophet. And Bilaam's own description of his powers is even more explicit. I can only, he says, I can only utter the words that God puts into my mouth. Well, he certainly speaks like a devoted servant of the Lord, doesn't he? And then, after all, God does indeed speak to him directly. So, it seems like he's a pretty big deal. In fact, some Midrashim even seem to suggest that he was on par with Moses. Like this piece from the Sifrei. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 34, There never again arose in Israel a prophet like Moses. Not in Israel, but in the other nations there has arisen. Who is this? Bilaam, the son of Beor. Wow, Bilaam is just like Moses. That's very impressive. But other sources want to draw a sharp distinction between Moses and Bilaam. Rashi says that when Leviticus opens with God calling unto Moses, this, he says, is the language of affection, Mashon Chiba, the language that the angels use, as it says in Isaiah. And they call unto one another. But with the prophets of other nations, 
God appears to them with the language of happenstance and impurity, bilshon arai v'tumah, as it says in Numbers 23, and God happened, vayikar, upon Bilam. So, God loved talking to Moses, but God just stumbled upon Bilam. But the critique doesn't stop there. Countless rabbinic sources go on to describe Bilam as a thoroughly despicable man. There's this sweeping condemnation in Pirkei Avot. Anyone who possesses these three traits is a student of Bilam the Wicked. Ein ra'ah, an evil eye. Veruach gvoha, a proud spirit. Venefesh rachava, and a haughty soul. And the students of Bilam inherit hell and go down into the pit of destruction. If Bilam is really so bad, though, that brings us back to our original question. What is he doing in the Torah? Why are we reading this bizarre story at all? There may be a clue hidden in a strange discussion in the Talmud. The rabbis are discussing who wrote which books of the Bible, and they start by saying, Moshe katab sifro uparshat bilam ve'iyov. Moses wrote his own book, and the parsha of Bilam, and Job. Okay, so strange enough that it says that Moses wrote the book of Job. But why are they telling us that he wrote the parsha with Bilam? That doesn't make sense. If he wrote his own book, presumably that's the Torah, and the story of Bilam is in it, then obviously he wrote that too. Rashi tries to answer the riddle by saying that Moses wrote Bilam's prophecies and parables. So this could mean that every time the story has Bilam opening his mouth to speak the word of God, Moses actually inserts his own words. No, it turns out there's no prophecy of Bilam at all. All the good stuff comes from Moses. But even if that were true, a question remains, why, why embed these prophecies in this whole narrative which doesn't fit the rest of the Torah? Remember, though, what else was in that line in the Talmud? Moses wrote his own book, the Parsha of Bilam, and Job. Huh. That last one is odd, too. How could Moses have written this? How did Moses even know about Job? Job, after all, is one of the last books of the Bible, and it's about a righteous man from the land of Uts who was tortured by God. It's a difficult book, to be sure. It raises the terrible question of how God can let good people suffer. Because the story of Job is pretty good proof that God does just that. There is, however, one opinion on the very next page of this same tractate of the Talmud that Eov lo haya lo nivra, ella mashal haya. Job never was and never existed. But this is all just a parable. Now, this is a radical statement on its own for the Talmud to make, the idea that, that a whole book of the Bible could be just an allegory, a literary creation by Moses. But what if we were to bring that concept back to Bilaam? What if Bilaam never was and never existed? What if this whole Parsha is just some kind of parable written by Moses? some kind of fantastic fable or 
desert vision? Or, or what if... Look, we're already in the realm of the fantastic, so allow me to suggest a particularly wild interpretation. What if this was all a dream? Because the last thing we read before Parshat Balak was that the children of Israel camped on the steps of Moab, across the Jordan from Jericho. So imagine, they're nearing the end of their journey, the Jordan River is in sight, one last battle remains. And Moses knows that after this next phase, he's fated to die. So they make camp and settle down for the night. And Moses falls asleep. And Moses dreams of his enemies coming to get him. And in his dreams, there's a prophet. A man who's like him, but not him. A man who seems to talk to God just as intimately as he does, and to be just as faithful as he is. But instead of working for his people, this man is hired out against them. Instead of being called on to be a hero, he's asked to play the villain. And in the dream, the man rides a donkey to go carry out his mission. Just as, as a matter of fact, Moses once rode his donkey back to Egypt to carry out his mission. So Moses took his wife and sons, it says in Exodus, and mounted them on a donkey and went back to Egypt. And in the dream, the man encounters an angel of the Lord standing in his way, with a sword drawn in his hand. And this image is perhaps drawn from the memory of a strange moment on Moses' own ride back to Egypt. At a night encampment on the way, the Lord encountered him and sought to kill him. And Moses never understood why. Nor did he understand why he had been chosen in the first place. And it's been hard, this job. Brutally hard. And he's had many occasions to doubt himself. And to doubt his mission. Did God really love him? And call specially out to him? Or did God just happen upon him? Is he really the humblest man on earth, as people say about him? Or does he actually have, deep down, a proud spirit and a haughty soul? Will his people really make it across to the promised land? Or will they go down into the pit of destruction? Is he a good man? Or is he a bad man? Is he a prophet? Or is he going crazy? Tradition has always seen Bilaam as a foil for Moses. But in this version, Bilaam is also the embodiment of all of Moses' anxieties and doubts. Bilaam is Moses in an alternate universe. Parshat Balak, then, is Moses' dreamscape. And in our dreams, everything is familiar, but somehow different. And our greatest fears can take on strange shapes and confront us. And sometimes even in the form of a talking donkey. Then, just ten lines before the Parsha ends, the Bilaam story suddenly fades out. Then Bilaam set out on his journey back home, and Balak also went on his way. Moses wakes up, rubs his eyes, and what is the first thing he sees? While Israel was staying at Shittim, the people profaned themselves by whoring after the Moabite women, who invited the people to the sacrifices for their gods. 
Moses sighs. Back to work. Best Book Ever was produced by Ben Cooley and edited by Vera Blossom, and our theme song is Pitrouli by Hillel Tigay. You can listen to more of his beautiful music on iTunes and Spotify. And while you're there, why not subscribe to Best Book Ever if you haven't already. If you're interested in supporting this podcast and our work, you can visit us at ecar.org and donate or Venmo us at ecarla. That's I-K-A-R-L-A. Thanks a lot and see you next week. Music.